Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to malparent.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the book of Hebrews, the unshakable kingdom of God. While the world around us is shaking with national and global changes, as Christians, we are citizens of an unshakable kingdom that gives us confidence for living. The Word of God tells us here in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, begin with verse 26 to 29. At that time, His voice, God's voice, shook the earth. But now He has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, you'll notice that there are two quotes inside this passage, and those are taken from the book of Haggai chapter 2, verse 6, and Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. Those are the references to God shaking all things and to the fact that God is a consuming fire. And even the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, draws upon the authority of Scripture. Now, there's some important truths that we learn today about this unshakable kingdom of which you and I are a part. Think of a kingdom as a government, the way we would think of a nation today in a government, the word kingdom. Well, first of all, we discover that the unshakable kingdom is now. It's right here, right now. He says, we are, present tense, receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The word kingdom comes from the word king. It means the rule and the government of God. It is the recognition that God is king, that God is sovereign over all things. The unshakable kingdom is governed by the eternal sovereignty of God. The word sovereignty means the rule of a king an all-powerful king. The psalmist said in Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. His government rules over all. You may remember in the Old Testament prophecy of the coming of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, for unto us a child is given, unto us a son is born, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. The devil offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world when he tempted him in the desert as he began his ministry. But Jesus refused the devil's offer. After coming out of the wilderness and not accepting the glory of the kingdoms of this world, Jesus initially began his ministry with one proclamation. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. That's found in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It's interesting that Jesus refused the offer of the devil for the kingdoms of this world and their splendor. And he opted for a greater kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an unshakable kingdom. And he offered that to the world, a kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy. And you too at times, as I will, be tempted by the kingdoms of this world and their glory and their splendor but it's important to reject the glory of the kingdoms of this world and to seek the glory of the kingdom of God. 
Now, when we receive Jesus as our Savior by faith in Him, we at that moment enter the kingdom of God. You become a citizen of the kingdom of God. And Jesus talked about this spiritual kingdom and how we are a part of the kingdom, which means our lives are now governed by the provision and the sovereignty of God. We're not ruled by the prince of the power of the air, the enemy. We're not ruled by the government of the world. We're not ruled by the spiritual forces of darkness. We live under the shelter and the protection and the provision of the God who is king over all. Jesus talked about when we enter the kingdom, through the new birth. In John chapter three, verse three, he told Nicodemus the Pharisee, you must be born again. Unless a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. And he went on to say, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't see it. You can't experience it. You can't know it. You can't enter it unless you're born again. And we're born again through faith in Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verse three, Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. You see, some people have an adult faith. They're so skeptical and analytical. You need a childlike faith to become a Christian. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. You don't have to understand everything and figure everything out in life. In fact, there are many mysteries you'll never figure out. He said, unless you change, get past your intellectual objections to the gospel and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Some people's intellect or perceived intellect keeps them from the kingdom because they can't trust the Word of God. I pray that you will never allow your intellectual objections to keep you from the kingdom life God has for you. Become like a little child. Simple faith and trust in God will save you. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21, when Jesus preached this kingdom, some of the religious leaders and other people said, well, where is this kingdom? So the politically minded people wonder, well, where is your kingdom? Here in Luke 17, he said, my kingdom does not come with observation. People don't say here it is or there it is, for the kingdom of God is within you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, the apostle Paul says that when you and I believe Christ, when we trust Christ as our Savior, that God transfers us out of the kingdom of darkness. That means sin, the rule of darkness. He transfers us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Think about that, being born again through faith. There's a kingdom transfer. You come out of a kingdom of darkness, no longer governed by sin and darkness and confusion and fear, but you live in the safety of the kingdom of Christ. So the kingdom is here and now. It's a reality. Once I'm born again through faith and you're born again through faith in Jesus, we enter the kingdom. The king reigns as Lord on our hearts. We live in the spiritual kingdom inside a natural world. But this unshakable kingdom is also a kingdom to come. We have the kingdom now in a spiritual sense, but the kingdom is going to come at the end of all ages in a different kind of way, in a complete tangible way. So here Hebrews 12 tells us that a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this is an eternal kingdom. Everything in this temporary world is changing. It's being shaken and we feel it today in our generation But this passage reminds us that in the future, that the future of the world belongs to God and it is guaranteed at the end of all time, where is history headed? It's headed toward the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who guarantees our eternal inheritance in heaven. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Having believed in him, in Jesus, you were marked in him with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
the redemption of those who are God's possession, God's people. You don't need to fear the future, worry about the future. You don't need to feel like the world is going to break apart, that the world is going to be destroyed by an atomic war or by climate change. God is sovereign of the world. God controls the climate. We can care for the climate, but God controls the climate. And God governs the world. God keeps even the nations that go into wars and rumors of wars and conflict. But God sets boundaries over what empires can do. God's not going to allow the world to be destroyed. The future belongs to God. And inside of all of these changing earthly kingdoms that come and go, every Christian, every child of God is a member of the kingdom of God, an unshakable kingdom. And the kingdoms of this current world belong to God and Jesus. In fact, the Bible says when he returns, that Jesus will reign over all the kingdoms of the world. Listen to Revelation chapter 11, verse 19. John heard loud voices in heaven praising God. Now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. This is why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come. It's, it's a prayer looking forward to the second coming of Jesus and the full establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. So when you think about the kingdom of God, it's a spiritual kingdom. The king lives in our hearts. We're members of the kingdom of God. But it's also a future kingdom. It's a kingdom coming, the second coming of Jesus, the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. That's where the world is ultimately headed. But third of all, the Bible talks about the kingdom life, the way we live in the kingdom now. As citizens of the kingdom of God, there's a way that we live under the governance of God, under the rule of God. We trust God. We obey God. We live under God's authority and protection. So we live a kingdom life, even in this world. When you're citizens of the kingdom, it changes the way you think and the way you live and the way you govern your life. We're governed by the kingdom of God. We're not following culture, we're following Christ. We're not following the world, we're following the word of God because it teaches us how to live in the kingdom. So the writer reminds us that as citizens of the kingdom, there's a certain way that we live our lives and conduct our lives in this unshakable world. So he says here in Hebrews 12, let us be thankful because we've received this kingdom. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So he tells us three things about the way we live in the kingdom of God. What, what describes people of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of the world? First of all, we're people of perpetual praise. He says, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. We should live every day with gratitude, not complaint, not envy and jealousy over what somebody else has, but gratitude for what we have. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When you see people around you in the world raging against everything they don't like, complaining, mad about everything, feeling entitled, mad about what somebody else has and they don't have it, always trying to get more, never saying thank you. That's the way the kingdom of the world operates. But you're not in that kingdom. You live a kingdom life inside the worldly kingdom. In this kingdom, in the kingdom of God, we are a people of perpetual praise. We're always worshiping, thanking God for his blessings, his grace. It's one of the greatest marks of kingdom people. 
is a perpetual praise every day to thank God. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Don't be part of people's gripe sessions. Don't join in with their complaining spirit ever. It's unchristlike and it's not a part of this kingdom of God. Let's learn to live as citizens of the kingdom and be thankful. But also, as we live in the kingdom of God, we are people that worship God. He says acceptable worship. Worship that is pleasing to God. It's not ritualistic worship, just worshiping because it's required. It's not empty worship, just going through some motions and some religious performance with no heart at all involved in worship. It's acceptable to God. It's pleasing to God because it comes from a pure heart. It comes from a heart of love and gratitude. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you then, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, that you present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. It is your reasonable service. Worship that is holy and pleasing to God, acceptable to God. So regardless of what's going on around the world, how unshakable everything may seem, and at times uncertain everything may seem, don't get all caught up in the worry and the fear over all of that. Go right through life, being thankful to God for his blessings and grace, worshiping God from your heart, because God is a consuming fire. This is a very fascinating description of God. It means his all-consuming love for us as people. It's a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, when Moses reminds the people that the Lord your God is a jealous God, jealous for his people, has an all-consuming passion for us. Our God is a consuming fire. Paul talked about the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, fire purifies, it cleanses, it removes the dross and the waste. Fire also makes stronger. Steel is tempered in the fire. Think about the fire of adversity sometimes, the fire of God's Spirit working in us. It makes us stronger. That's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Why John the Baptist said of Jesus, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We have fire, we have energy, we have passion for God. That's what it means to live in the kingdom. And it's a great way that you and I become witnesses to others when they're living their lives in fear and uncertainty about everything shaking in the world. They see us being unshakable, unmoved in our faith, unmoved in our hope, going through life thankful to God, worshiping God, full of the fire of God, full of enjoyment and enthusiasm, optimism for life. You too can live a kingdom life, even in this world. So I encourage you, don't become easily unsettled by the changes in the world. These changes come and go. I know they're alarming and they're real and they create difficulty for people in this world. But in this world, with all of its difficulty, we are God's people. We're also citizens of another kingdom. So let's worship God today and be thankful for all of his grace and his blessings, knowing that God has us safe and secure in the unshakable kingdom. Join me for prayer. Lord, today we thank you for what a hopeful passage of scripture to remind us that we're citizens of heaven. We belong to you, that things may change in this life, but you never change. Give us the grace today to be thankful, to worship, to be so full of the fire of the Holy Spirit that others see Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
In your holy name we pray. Thank you for joining me for this time to dig deep in the Bible study. Invite your friends and your family to share. It's an amazing Bible study we have every week. And there's so many people around the world that share together as we study God's word. Sunday's coming. I look forward to seeing all of you for worship as well. It's the Lord's Day and I always invite somebody to go to church with you. Let me ask you today to make sure that you follow us on the social media platforms, the Pastor David Cooper Instagram and the Mount Perrin Instagram. You'll see so many updates on ministry, so many exciting things that we are doing here in Atlanta around the world that you're a partner with as well, no matter where you are. And it's a great way for us to stay connected as the Mount Perrin family. I trust that you will have an amazing day today. I look forward to seeing you for worship this Sunday. God bless you. Have a great day. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at mountperrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.